0: Welcome to the forest educator podcast. I'm Ricardo Sierra. So this episode is all about the gift or the many gifts that rainy days provide for our forest education type programs. We're going to dive really deep into this. So. Before we do, I'm just going to sort of emphasize something that most of you probably already know if you've been listening to this for a while, which is that I am not a forest certified trainer for a forest school. I am a forest educator and who has primarily worked with children that are older, typically second, third, fourth, fifth grade up to you know, high school and college and adults. I mostly, throughout most of my career, have not worked exclusively with preschool and kindergarten age children. So when I kind of am talking about these skills and these scenarios and learning environments and so forth, I'm mostly talking about that, that age group. So if you are running a forest school, if you're a forest school uh, leader and you are working with preschool and kindergarten students, please, please translate, you know, decode it and make sure that you apply what I'm saying through, you know, the lens of what's appropriate for your group. And it is very different. So <laughs> I'm just throwing that out as a, what do you call it? a Disclaimer, so to speak, or just a clarifier, uh, because we're going to dive in here and I just really want to make sure you know I'm not advocating for doing certain things with preschoolers because that would be wrong or or not appropriate and we don't want that. So anyway, let's talk about forest education and rain. And when I talk about rainy days and you know inclement weather in general, you know whether it's snow or you know, extreme heat or everything's super dry or whatever, but mostly if it's kind of stormy and the kind of weather uh, that a long day of rain, you know, a steady rain or a series of days of fairly steady rain, uh, what effect that that has on a group and what are the benefits of it? Uh, We all know what the negative side of it is, right? We know that uh, rainy days usually comes with mud it comes with kids sliding in the mud maybe falling down getting hurt it it comes with like doing a lot of laundry at the end of the day or the, the parents are doing laundry so kids are getting really you know smeared and so forth with mud everything gets really soaked you also have a risk of hypothermia you know there's a number of things that are less exciting <laughs> if you will, about a rainy day and, and there's no getting around it. Like it is, it is what it is. And at the same time, there's something that when it is a rainy day and the group is up in the woods and they're looking to me or my staff or, you know, our community to, you know, kind of get their cue of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and everything else, they're going to be looking really specifically for, you know, are we, are we slanting one way or the other? And in one direction, there's the element or the side of us that is, you know, kind of, I don't want saying victim status is too strong, but there is a side of us that oftentimes will have something happen. And we will initially go, oh, man, are you kidding me, right? It's raining. I was really excited to do, you know, all these cool things. And now it's raining and we can't do it or we can't do it easily. And so there's a kind of an initial letdown. And it can kind of lead into feeling sorry for ourselves, feeling like we're letting everybody else down, you know, feeling frustrated, you know, kind of feeling like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. And, in general, starting to go downhill. I don't want to say spiral, but some people do spiral, and that's okay. And and it's okay if you go that way, you know, or at least if you go that way for a little bit, like it's natural to not expect that it's going to rain and then all of a sudden be like, oh, no. And then there's the other side. And the other side, it's a pathway or a state of mind that looks at the rain and says, you know... Wild animals are in the rain every day. You know, they they don't come inside when it's raining. And they're okay with that because they're adapted to that. They look at it as, okay, you know, we need to have certain things in place. So there's a part that goes into action, which is, does everybody have the right clothing, the right gear? Do we have tarps? Do we have what we need for these rainy days? So we're going to talk about what those are. But there's that that action part, and then there's also kind of a little bit of excitement because rainy days and, you know, bad weather when you're out with a group, it's a really important time because it basically shuts down the really like going out and having this like exuberant time. That's like a kind of a radiating outward kind of phase. And it's kind of the opposite. It kind of brings us in, it brings us closer to each other. And we're kind of huddled by the fire. We're drying out our socks. We're making some tea. We're we're kind of getting nestled in. And and that is a very very important skill to give students because a lot of people don't really know how to probably nourish themselves, how to uh, take care of ourselves, how to stabilize our mood, and you know make some decisions, some emotional decisions on which way are we going at any given time. So it's an emotional regulator and it's also a way of uh, self-care. And there are things that you can do that promote that self-care. And that's what rainy days are all about. So it's it's really wonderful for that. It's also a really wonderful time to... Share stories. So, storytelling is really awesome. It's also a time where, you know, you might have quiet time for part of it where you can let them, you know, maybe do some drawing or just like look out from under their little dry tarp nook or something and just see the rain, you know, have those moments where they're staring off with that, you know, thousand mile stare and daydreaming, spacing out and just hearing the rain and letting that natural rhythm kind of seep into them. And that's a very healing sound. It's a very, how do I say? It's, it's a regulating sound. It's a something that is actually affecting us on, a, on our nervous system level. It's not just, oh, it's raining, so my day's ruined. This sucks. You know, why me, Lord? <laughs> like, that's, that's not what it is. It's actually a really, really powerful force. It's a cleansing force that's moving across our, the surface of the earth and these nimbus clouds that are dark and heavy and full of moisture. They're cleaning off all the dust off all the leaves and the needles and the trees and all the trails. And they are you know, nourishing the roots and they're replenishing the streams so that fish will have lots of fresh you know, oxygen and cold water. And it's washing nutrients into the stream, which are moving those around, all around. I mean, it's, it's doing a lot of different things when it rains, and there's also this like human effect that it has. I've run camps for like 35 years, and there's a weird phenomenon that happens, especially if you're doing programs like back to back to back. It's really strange because groups sometimes will form that seem to need something You know, they might need that rainy day or they might need those sunny days because I have had summer camps where it was like rain, 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 rain. A group showed up on Sunday. The sky cleared every single day that week. It was sunny and it was beautiful and it was clear and dry. And then the day they left, it started pouring and then it rained and rained and rained. Also, the opposite has happened. We've had great weather. A group shows up. You know, the first day is great. And then the second day, rain, third day, rain, fourth day, whatever. And and it just brings them together in a certain way. And we don't have any control over that. We have control over our dates. But if, if someone's coming out to one of our programs and they happen to show up and it is raining, it is what it is. So you get what you get. And in many cases, the group goes through a specific kind of experience that is very different. If it's like sunny all the time or rainy all the time or a mix of sun and rain. So, you know, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a mystery. And all I know is, is that there's an intentionality to it in some ways. I don't really know. And there's, I have no control over it. And I'm not claiming it to be special or whatever. But if you do this long enough, you're going to see some patterns and you're going to go, oh, wow, hey, well, this is what they need. They must need this experience. And, you know, the more you can be really neutral or, you know, and prepared and, and, you know, really mentally ready for this, the easier it will be for you on a daily basis. Because if you're working in the nature-based education field, let's face it, you're going to need to handle rain, snow, cold, hot weather, dry weather, whatever. You're going to need to handle that because that's just what is you know it's on the menu if you don't want to experience that you need to then go hey i'm going to move to you know coastal california where it's like mediterranean and every day at you know nine o'clock the fog burns off and it's like 80 degrees and sunny for the rest of the day and then and then at you know Nine o'clock at night, the fog rolls back in and it's cool and nice and moist. And then the next day it happens and it's just like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And if you really want that, you got to move there. But if you're in, you know, say Ireland or Scotland or, you know, uh, the Northeast or, or the Midwest, like you're going to have hot, humid days, you're going to have rainy days, you're going to have thunderstorms, you're going to have a wave of different kinds of weather that is going to, um, you know, work on all of us. It's going to have its effect and it's going to do its thing. And there's nothing we're going to be able to do to stop that. So we're going to have to embrace it. And so that's what this is all about. So let's dive in a little bit also here. We're going to go and I'm hopefully not going to get into the weeds. And when I say get into the weeds, I've said that before on some of these uh, recordings. What I mean by getting in the weeds is like, going off on a tangent where all of a sudden I'm in a spot where I might not, I might be sharing things that are my experience, but I don't necessarily have a lot of uh, external validation to back up those things or where that my position could be seen as controversial. I'm not the final word on any of these things. And I really am sharing this to share my perspective and also to, Create a dialogue about things that I don't hear people talking about that much, and I will say, a lot of forest educators will ask me, Ricardo, what do I do? It's raining. Oh no, it's supposed to rain for three days. What what can I do, Ricardo? Give me some activities. Give me stuff, and they're panicking. And sometimes it's like, uh, oh my gosh, it's raining. It's so horrible. I feel so bad. You know, like they're 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 doing the. You know, they're circling the drain. They're not going down the drain yet, but they're circling it. And when I hear that enough times in, in di- various forms about different issues, I like to think, oh, let me, if I can help, I'm going to try to give that. So that's what this is all about. And we're we're really talking about when it comes to handling and understanding and living in uh, a full nature <laughs> experience, which includes rain and bad weather and all those things, is that we're really moving against a lot of cultural programming. So, for example, uh, most of us have heard the weather uh, as kids because we maybe grew up and there were, it was a radio or we watched on TV. And whoever is sharing the weather will say, it's a terrible day out there. It's going to be soggy. And, you know, it's only going to be nice if you're a duck. And, you know, they're they're going to have their little witty things that they're going to say. But most of the time, it's going to be, oh, it's nasty out there. Oh, you're going to get soaked. Whatever you do, don't get caught without an umbrella. Like, okay, but the weather's going to be fantastic tomorrow when the sun comes out. Like, they're basically contrasting that because that's how our culture Sees the weather. The weather is just something to either inconvenience you, and you know, wreck your wedding plans or whatever it might be, or your work plans if you're work outside. And so it's all from the lens of from a human point of view, uh, in our culture, in our society, and sort of implying like, oh, it's a, it's it's bad. Like I know for me, I heard that over and over and over again. Thousands of times by the time I was ten or fifteen years old, just subconsciously it goes in because you're hearing these, you know, the wet they share the weather on a radio back back in the day when people listened to radio. That it really reinforced that that view over and over again because they would share it every fifteen minutes or every half hour, and that plays a really big role in laying a mental track, a mental foundation that we follow without really challenging it. It's just what you do. It's just your reality. You know what I mean? Like your, your reality goes where, where, wherever you focus and whatever you believe it will, it will begin to be shaped by that. So, you know, when we go out and it is raining and, and everything there, it, there's a natural tendency to automatically kind of go in that direction where you're, you're having to overcome an aversion to being wet, muddy, you know, soggy, whatever, all the things, right. Cold, um, miserable, uh, feeling like, you know, bedraggled or whatever it is. Like it's, it's a really, it's basically not socially accepted. (laughs) If you, if you know what I mean? Like it's, if you come in out of the rain, they're like, Oh my gosh, look at you. What happened? You know, like it looks like, Oh no, you, you were attacked by the evil nature that just, you know, messed you up. Like that's the, that is the kind of emotional reaction sometimes that I've had that I remember coming in from outside and my, my parents or whatever, like, you know, other people would just kind of like exclaim that when they would see me and I would kind of be like, what are you talking about? I had the best time out there. I was having a great time. Like, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. It was not that bad. And I just need to get out of these wet clothes and put some dry clothes on and I'm, I'm going to be good to go. So, so there's, uh, there's this tendency to move in that direction. And so part of, this is one of the reasons why when we do like training to become nature and wilderness educators, oftentimes we focus on activities, games, crafts, skills. And most of the time we're like teaching them and you know, you don't get much time. You're like, oh, okay, I'm with I'm with a group for two days, and we're going to train about these things, or it might, maybe we'll have four days, or maybe we'll have eight, you know six days, whatever. But that's not really enough time to give you this information, the stuff I'm talking about, and to and to have you go through these experiences yourself, and not just once, not just twice, but multiple times, so that. You know, by the time you're actually working with those students, you've internalized a new emotional and mental reaction. You can have your own experience separate from the culture. And at that point, you are in a position to really provide a very, very different window into a different reality for your your students. And obviously they are gonna have to have their experience and go through that many, several, you know, many, many times uh, to be able to fully, you know, manifest that or have that really show up for them as an option. So that's one of the flaws in our program when when we distill our teaching down to like these essential components that we try to look for. There's something that we lose, right? It's kind of like yoga, you know, 300 years ago, yoga was really done by uh, people in the on the, in the Eastern parts of the world. You know, there was like these temples and there's these practices and there was like waking up at four in the morning and there was like cleaning the temple and, you know, chopping wood, carrying water. And there was like all this stuff. There was special clothing, special food. There were people taking vow of silence. Like there were just all these things played in and created this whole part of which yoga was just like one part right what yoga was like one of the kind of dynamic aspects of it but there were so many other things like meditation in the in the temple garden or going to the spring you know where the water is and you know sitting on the top of a mountain and you know just feeling how things are going like that was part of the whole experience and of course now you have like you know yoga on every street corner there's like a yoga studio somewhere and there are you know just it's everywhere however it is not fully the same because we're only getting a piece of it and that's okay you can still get incredible benefits from that just like we can get the benefits of being out in nature and doing a bunch of crafts and games and activities like that so You know, it's not bad. I'm just mostly saying that you do lose something in our training when we don't get that full experience. And it's something that then, as a leader of one of these programs, you will see your staff start to go through that and you'll be like, oh no, oh no, they're freaking out. And now the kids are freaking out. Now, what do I do? And now the whole group is circling the train and getting stressed out. And you're like, ah, what's happening? You know, and that's where. Having someone who has made that transition, they can be very, very stabilizing. so we're going to have to recreate that ourselves because most of our trainings are not going to be able to really duplicate these fully. But the good news is you can do it. you can figure it out and hopefully with what I'm just going to lay out, you'll be able to figure that and and make a plan. everything though comes down to making a choice about how what you're going to believe. And I I've got a couple stories about this. One story that I'm going to say is that I spent, you know, two and a half years working in the California Conservation Corps out in the Redwoods in Northern California. I worked in backcountry trails and then I worked in the coastal uh foothills in and along you know, like around the central coast, San Luis Obispo, Pismo Beach, Santa Barbara, and, you know, all of the San Pedro National Forest and everything else. And when I joined them, this is an organization, and I, I think I was 19 when I joined, this is an organization where their motto, their motto is hard work, low pay, miserable conditions. You know, it wasn't like uh, yeah, the work is good. And sometimes it's really hard. And sometimes not. it's like, no hard work. Low pay is low pay period. You know, we got minimum wage, which at that time was three thirty-five an hour and they took out money for uniforms and food. So <laughs> you didn't get a whole lot, you know, at the end of the month. And that's what it was. And miserable conditions was exactly how, what they meant. And it was something they, you know, they, they, wanted to be as real and transparent about it. So they put it in their motto, which was in all of their stuff, everything you had. Um, I don't know if it's still their motto. It might not be, you know, maybe they've, they've learned that that branding isn't that good or something, but it was built in. And I can tell you, I worked in Northern California clearing streams for salmon, doing salmon restoration work when, back when, before the drought in California and it rained every day like hard all day long and we were you know waist deep in streams trying to dig out log jams of redwood trees and fir trees and cedar trees or whatever that had been laying in there for you know 50 years 70 years and so we're pulling them out chainsawing stuff pulling stuff out with a grip hoist having to split all the wood and then my job for a long time was burning it because it was all soaking wet and I had to figure out how to get a fire in the pouring rain and, you know, be able to burn all this wood to get it out of the, out of the stream bed. And man, you know, it was awesome. It was fantastic. We were soaked all the time. We had to wear, you know, the right clothing that could be, keep us warm while wet. But for the most part, we were just wet all the time. And we just worked as hard as we could. We believed in our mission. We knew it was going to be miserable. And we went, you know what? I don't care. I just don't care if it's going to be that. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be what it is. But we're going to clear those streams because that's our job, period. And we would go down there and, you know, rain would be pouring off our hard hats. And, you know, like, I mean, sometimes it didn't rain and we we're like, wow, this is awesome. But half the time it would just be pouring And we had to come home and wring all our clothes out and hang them on the line and, you know, by the wood stove and then hope that they would be dry by the next day because we were putting them back on and going out there. And we did that five days a week, every single day. And when we went up and did uh, trails, there would be rain coming in horizontally. That was like freezing rain. Sometimes I was up in, um, you know, Mount Lassen doing a, a, a stretch of like the Pacific Coast Trail. And, you know, we were cutting like Manzanita to widen this trail and we did like, I don't know, 10 miles of trail in the rain on the side of a mountain, just pouring. I mean, we were all really cold at the end of that day, but I remember nobody complained and we didn't even like say, oh wow, it's really bad out or anything like we didn't have that verbal dialogue. We were there to do our job and our job was to make that happen and we did it and We just let go of the complaining, the just all the posturing and the excuses and everything else. You just do it. I mean, I think parents understand this, right? To an average person who doesn't have kids, the idea of waking up in the middle of the night because the kid's crying to get them whatever they need, you just do it. You're a parent cleaning out dirty diapers. You do it. Your kid pukes all over your car. You figure it out. You clean it up. You do what you got to do because that's just the job. And, you know, if the kid's really upset for three days, they're upset for three days, and you just, you kind of work it out. And, you, you know, with that, you sometimes get help or whatever. But, but the point is, is that, you know, there's just some things that you can't change, and you can't speed up, and you can't, you know, skip over it and only do the fun things in life. It's, it's like, you've got to just be able to understand that you can you can invest a lot of energy in excuses, crying, complaining, whining, and you know whatever posturing. But anybody that would come into our trail crew when we were out there, whenever they would come into our uh, salmon restoration crew or planting trees, we planted thousands of trees, and you know on the side of a mountain. And, you know, it just would be brutal weather. I mean, like hard, hard work climbing over, you know, trees that had burned in fires and replanting the forest and all that. And if, if there was a person there that would be complaining, nobody, nobody would buy in on it or like commiserate with them. It would just kind of like go out of their mouth and it would just like fall to the ground and nobody picked it up. And wasn't like we went and said, oh, oh, poor you, you didn't, oh, da, 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 or, oh, yeah, you know, you're, you don't get it. Like, there wasn't really much to say. It's just, to, you know, go, hey, let's go, let's do it. You know, let's, like, we just led by example, and we let our energy dictate and show the way. And, you know, we'd also help people and say, hey, you probably need some warmer clothes. You know, you need something that will keep you warm even when wet or whatever. So we supported that. Yeah, it's a mental experience. And unless you have been around people who can handle stuff when things happen like that, you will most likely struggle. And that's what—that's why sometimes when you look at forest schools, I know some of them that will go, hey, I really like to hire people who are parents because they know this is the job, and then they kind of can handle stuff. Um, or you, you know, you you hire someone who you know has worked outside. You know, they've they ran a horse farm, or they, you know, had their own farm, or they had horses, or something where they, you know, you just did what you had to do to, you know, take care of business. There's a lot of people out there who really believe in this vision of connecting and the missions of reconnecting people to nature who love that, but who have no idea that it also means that you're going to grow. You know, it's not just about you learning a few games and then giving that to the children and then they grow and then you're done. It's really about you also growing and you having a lot of experiences that will move you in your life to where you will actually Really, it will be really helpful down the road. I, I promise you. So the other story that I, you know the story that I really want to say about the CCC was just that it was a phenomenal experience, and it was very eye-opening and because there would be new people coming in, and we would just ba- basically say and explain to them, "Hey, this is how we work. We arrive on time, we show up at the job. We do the job." Absolutely correct. And we are not going to take all freaking day. So you have to pull your own weight and you have to work. And you have to, you know, you have to get better. And you we expect that you will be better in two weeks from now than you are right now. And we'll be very patient, but we're but if we see that you're not really working, we're going to let you know because that is the standard that we have for ourselves. Because we might be called out on a fire. We might be doing flood control. We might be doing things that are really important and we, we can't take all day. And there's so many jobs where we would go out and they you know, we'd meet a park ranger and the park ranger or for the state park or the national forest or whoever, they would say, Okay, yeah, we gotta clear this trail, we gotta do this project, whatever it is, and they would say, Here's all the equipment and I'll be back later today. And you know, give you a hand, and uh, but I'll be here at four o'clock. And I would look at the work and I'd look at my team and I'd say, yeah, we'll be done by three o'clock. And he would go, oh, there's no way. There's no way you'd be done by then. And I would just be like, yeah, we will, but okay, whatever. And we would get done, you know, he would take off and I would get everybody together and go, this should take us about three hours. And it would be nine o'clock. And I would say, this should take us about three hours and maybe a half hour to clean up after lunch. So Let's, uh, let's get it done. And we would go out and do whatever it is. You know, do a loop trail, clean it off, get everything done, fixed up, whatever. Or we would do, you know, fish habitat for a lake or something where we put a cable, steel cable through a bunch of holes drilled in like Madrone and Manzanita trees and brush and then throw it down by where the water is. So when the water table goes up, the small fish have a place to hide. Like we did just cool stuff like that. And you know, the guy would show up at four o'clock and we'd already have been sitting there. We would oil our tools, we'd wash all our tools, clean the van, oil the tools, like put everything away, we'd inspect everything. We would have picked up like three or four bags of trash. And like I always kept a bucket with soap and water in the back. And so we'd get a hose find a hose somewhere. We'd like wash the van, like we would just take care of business until until it was time to go. And then when we get home, We would be ready to go. And they would, over and over again, they would say, how are you guys doing this? And I just said, you know, I mean, I was like 22, so I was just like kind of, I was probably obnoxious, but I just said, look, you know, we don't have a mental thing about work. We're just going to do it, and we're going to get it done. And and he would say, yeah, but that's a lot of work. And I'm like, it's just cutting brush. It's not that hard. It doesn't take a lot of brain cells, and we're going to do it safe we're just going to make it happen. And we were really proud. Everybody that was on that crew loved being on that crew because we were part of a team that was working together and it was to everybody's ability and it was awesome. And our educational system can be like that. We can have experiences where we work in those kinds of teams. And you probably all know a, a group or an experience where everything was clicking for a certain number of days or one day or, you know, all summer you had the right team or whatever. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. And there's, there are ingredients that we can build to make it happen more often, right? It's kind of like a, a recipe. So if you have enough of those elements, there's a good chance that your chocolate chip cookies or your bread recipe or your, your lasagna is going to come out really, really great. And if you're missing like four of them, you're going to struggle. You're, people will go, is this lasagna? I'm not sure. And you're going to say, yeah, yeah, it's lasagna, but sort of. And so we want to learn how to do that. And another story I would just tell that is kind of a an illustration of this is a story about a time that I was probably about 27, 28 years old maybe. And I'd run a few teacher training programs for, you know, earth skills educators. And I was young and I ran those trainings and I had, you know, really wonderful people come who went, hey, I want to learn how to do this. And there were three of these uh, participants who were really motivated and they said, we're going to do our own little nature program next summer. And I was like, great. And they found a place to do it. And... You know, it was like, I think it was in April, April in upstate New York. If you don't know, April can be really, really dry. And because there's no leaves on the trees, it can be also really cold and it can be really rainy. I was living in this little cabin. I had my wood stove going. I had a a big pot of soup on and I was working on projects for the upcoming summer and I was doing newsletters and so forth. This is back before the internet. So... You know, I was actually hand doing the newsletters and then copying them on a photocopier and then putting an actual stamp on them and putting them out in the mail for all of the, uh, you know, my community, which was fairly small at the time. And I was just hanging out there. I don't know, it was like a Wednesday or something. And I hear this knock on the door about nine o'clock, and I, and it's my three amigos, and they're all there, and they're like dressed up in some of their gear, and they come inside, go, hey, come on in, you know, and. It wasn't raining or anything. It was just kind of a cold day. And I said, what are you guys all doing here? And they go, oh, we found some land that we're going to do our little nature program in later this summer. But we have to come out here and, you know, build a campfire pit and some benches. And we have to make a little bridge. And they have a bunch of stuff they had to do to get it ready for when they had the program in June. And I said, oh, okay, cool. Cool. And they go, this is the only day that all three of us can be here and make decisions about everything that needs to happen and build the camp. Like, we don't really have a lot of, op- or, you know, we all have jobs and other stuff going on. And I said, oh, sounds good, right? So they all took off. You know, I said, hey, you know, come on back if you want to get warm and have some tea or something later. And so they took off, they got their tools, and then they headed out. And it was on a piece of property that was adjoining, you know, it was like a farm, area and it was near where I lived. So they grabbed their tools and walked down the road and I went back to my drawing, you know, and my writing and everything. And about, I would say maybe an hour later, it started raining and I could see it was like that steady rain. There was no snow, but it was a steady rain and it was a dark day. Like those those clouds were thick and dark and and it just was heavy and the, and the air, you know, the, the quality of the light on a steady rain like that is it just feels like you're in a cave almost. And it's just, you know, coming down. Not, not unbelievably hard, but it was a steady shower. And I thought, huh, this will be interesting to see what happens. And about, you know, like an hour and a half later, these guys show up again. All of a sudden I see some movement out of the corner of my eye and I'm like, Oh, they're coming up my driveway and they all have their raincoats on and their hoods up and they're just, their shoulders are saggy. They had really bad body language. And I was like, Oh no. And they put their tools in the back of one of their trucks and they, you know, knocked on my door and I said, come on in. And they had their lunch and I said, Hey, what do you guys want to do? You get warm. So they sat by my wood stove dripping all over my rug and everything, which was fine. And they, you know, ate their lunch and just told the story. And they were they were really moping. <laughs> and I said, oh, you know, how'd it go? And they're like, oh, it's just so bad. Oh, it's terrible. You know, oh, we just, it's so, it's so cold and it's raining. It's just really raining hard. And, you know, man, so I mean, you know, I was under a pine tree. I couldn't really even see what I was doing when I was working on this, sawing these branches off this one, you know, these dead branches off this. I, you know, so they just kept like, Bemoaning what was happening, and you know, I didn't like bite or run with that. I just kind of nodded, like, "Yeah, yeah, it is, right." And they all kind of looked at me. They ate their food. I had this big pot of whatever tea or something, hot chocolate. Gave it that to them, and they're sitting there by the fire. And I go, "So, what are you guys going to do?" And they said, "Well, this is really our only time, so." Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if the camp's going to happen now. And I said, well, how much work do you have left really? And they go, well, we got to do this, this, this." they they listed this whole thing. And I said, well, how much time do you think that would really take to get that done? Like if you were really doing it and they said, oh, I don't know about maybe three hours. And I said, okay, you know, but I, I, you know, they were kind of like, yeah, but, but it is, it hasn't stopped raining at all. And it doesn't look like it's going to stop. Right. And I said, well, I guess you probably shouldn't run the camp then. And they kind of looked at me, kind of weird. And I said, you know, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And they were like, what do you mean? Like, Ricardo, what, you know, you taught us to do all this. Like, why, why would you tell us not to run the camp? And I said, well, I'm not telling you not to run it. But if you're going to let a steady rain on the only day that you can do this hold back your program, And, and make it so that you, you bail on it, you know, for three days, for three hours or four hours more of rain. I said, then you don't really want to do it. And if you don't want to do it, then you, you better know now it's better to know and just move on and do something else rather than tell you guys yourself a story that, Oh, you really want to do it, but it rained or whatever. And I said, if you're going to let this derail you, there's a good chance you're going to let something else derail you. And that's okay. I said, really just, I said, I'm not putting any judgment on you guys. You know, you guys have to make the decision. But I said, you know, it's just rain. It's not good. It's not bad. You guys all have good warm clothes. You can switch out. You could leave some here and dry it by the stove. And just grab whatever you have, switch it out. I said, you can even take some sweaters of mine if you need to. But I said, you've got to figure it out. And you've got to have some passion for this. And, you know, and make a decision. And, and that decision is like something you're going to have to do for yourself. And I said, you know, I really wish you guys the best. I, you know, love you guys. You're awesome. But, you know, you guys are going to have to figure it out. And so <laughs> my my little cabin was really small. And so I said, hey, I got I to keep working on this thing because I have a deadline and I want to get this done. I want to get it in the mail tomorrow. So I was like, I got to keep working. So I said, You got, but you guys can hang out in here whatever you want. So I, le- I closed the door. I went into my office and I just kind of kept working. But I was listening to them and they were going back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, I heard one of them like tap on my door very timidly. And one of them poked their head in and went, Rick, we're going out. We'll see you later. And I, you know, I was like, okay, great. And then they, they took off, they grabbed their tools and they went out and I didn't see them for about four hours actually. And the rain stopped sometime around three and they, they worked, uh, I guess, really hard because, you know, it started getting dark and I was like, Hey, I better go find them. Maybe they're all hypothermic and I'm going to go out there and have to thaw them out in my bathtub or something. And all of a sudden I heard their voices. Their voices are really loud and they're coming back and they're, you know, swinging their ax on their shoulder and like acting all like, you know, we did it. We did something. And they put their tools in. They came over to see me and they went, Rick, it was awesome. We built the best camp. And they said, oh, we got a beautiful bridge. We got these beautiful benches that we made. And, you know, we got poles in the right spot for hanging up tarps and we like we got everything ready and we even did more stuff than we thought we were gonna do and and it was good like they were like we're so glad that you you motivated us and I was like I didn't know if I really motivated I just let you guys make decide if you want to be motivated and they were like yeah no no you did it you were the one and I'm like whatever but the point is they were so excited and they went on and did that program which was only like a week or two weeks program for kids, but they went on to do programs for a long time, you know, 20 years maybe. And I'm not going to really mention their names or anything because I don't want to name drop and I don't want to put them on the spot or anything. But when you do something that's really, that's important to us and that means something, you don't, you have to dig deep and you got to want it. You know, like you don't get to, you don't get to be an Olympic athlete and go, well, I only train on the sunny days when it's above 70 degrees. If you just go out skiing when you when it feels good or swimming or running or whatever it is you're going to do, you're just not going to make it. You're not going to be able to overcome all of the things. So this is a way for us when we go through this, when we go through these experiences, when those students are with us. And they see us and they see that, like, like when I sit in front of them, like, I don't care. Like, I will walk with my clothes in the water if I have to. I will cross a three foot deep stream and just go and just cross it. And um, yeah, guess what? My pants are gonna get wet. My shoes are gonna get filled with water and I'll still walk for five more miles. Like, I will do whatever it takes to do this work and I'm not gonna worry. I know what cold, you know, what cold feet are. I know how cold it is. I know how soggy it is. I know what my feet are going to look like when I finally pull my socks off in three hours. But at the same time, I also know that your body will warm up your feet pretty fast. And yeah, it won't be, they won't be dry, but they will be fairly warm if you, if you are working and, and doing stuff. And you can also cross a stream and then walk for a mile and then stop and make a fire and you can dry your socks out and dry your pants off and you can make a really hot fire for 15 minutes and everybody get really warm and dry and then you can move on and it's not a big deal like it's just it just is what it is and when we have an opportunity like that to model that and to not just model the behavior but to um be in that mindset. When we can hold that mindset as neither good nor bad and not a victim, not a cheerleader, you can't, you can't fake it. You can't go, everybody, it's so great. Don't you just love the rain? Like, man, I mean, don't be phony, okay? <laughs> if it's rainy and the kids are all kind of depressed, being phony and trying to pump them up is not really helpful. You just have to let them have their funk. And you have to model this other way and just, just don't pick up on it. Don't even try to acknowledge it because when you acknowledge it, you're giving it power because then they're going to invest in trying to get you on their side, so to speak, like as if that's going to do anything. And it really won't. And it is, I mean, bad weather is such a gift to give young people a chance to experience what that's like and decide for themselves and have their own unique um, you know, experience in it and to feel like, Hey, the rain doesn't hold anything over me. I mean, I'll be, you know, let's face it. I'm 59. Like if I don't have to work in the rain all day, I probably won't. I probably will choose not to do that because I have enough other work to do that. I can just shift my schedule around and I'm fine. Like I don't need to go chainsaw firewood in the rain, but you know what I can. And if I did, I wouldn't be cry I wouldn't cry about it. I would just be like, "All right, I'm going out. I got to get this firewood cut up and I'm going to do it. If that's the only day I can do it and it's pouring, I just go do it." And, and it's not a big deal. I know that it doesn't hold anything over me. Although I still prefer not to, it's not that big of a deal. If you can hold that in the work you do, that is why kids will listen to you when you talk. Not because you're trying to you know sell them something or anything they will just know like hey what's what's his deal he doesn't seem to be affected and and they will hear you they might not look like they're listening but they are and so i urge you to use bad weather as a time to practice this and if you practice this it makes it easier when you're doing other things that are hard like relationships or doing your taxes or you know whatever cleaning out your base like all these things that we don't like to do but we just kind of avoid it will help you so let's move into activities these are the these are my recommendations if you have a program and you know it's going to rain and it's a multi-day program or whatever have something really special that you do when it rains you have a book you guys read from you have a for, so it's like story time, whatever. You have a tea or hot chocolate or something that you do that also is like, hey, we're going to have this really good thing that we're generally not going to do on most of the other days. So have something that you make. I don't know if you have to you know, make it on a little gas stove or you have a little fire or something, but but figure it out and have something to make sure they're taking care of themselves. You want to really make sure that students, no one falls between the cracks kids that are young and small, they don't have a lot of body fat. They don't have enough mass to hold their heat. So they can get hypothermic really fast. Don't let them get hypothermic. Don't let anybody slide through the cracks. Make sure everyone is wearing the right gear and that they are dry and that they are okay. So learn learn the signs of hypothermia and you know blue lips and finger dexterity and all that uh, mental acuity. Make sure they're drinking and eating high calorie foods. Okay, that's not the time to be like, oh, let's all have some romaine lettuce. You know, like when you're out there, you're burning a lot of calories. You know, when I'm on a wilderness trek and I'm out there all day, all day long for three or four days, you need four or 5,000 calories every day just to stay warm. Not that's not putting on weight. It's just like that's what you need. When you get back home and you're hanging out and you're working on the computer, sure, have a salad. But I'm t- telling you, you need, you need, calorie-dense food. The other thing I'll say is, if it's raining, go do something that you can do in the rain. Take the bunch of students out, go up the hill, set up a tarp out there, let them learn some knots. Yeah, rain's going to be in their face. Yeah, they're going to have rain running down their their elbows and into their armpits sometimes. And, And that's a good thing. Like That's okay. You can be like, oh, now, that'll wake you up on it, right? Cold rainwater going down your going down your raincoat. You're like, whoa, okay, you're awake now. And you can just enjoy it and laugh about it. You're not going to die if that happens. But you can put up a tent and then have them build a fire. You know, try to, if you can, if you're allowed to do that, you could set up a little fire there and try to see if you can get a fire started in the rain. If you have to, you might have to use a knife and make shavings from a like a tree, a branch that you can, Scrape all the wet wood off and then carve out dry chips. You can find whatever you can that will burn. Birch bark will burn even when wet. Like make it a lesson and a time where they see if they can meet that challenge. If you need to gather stuff, go gather stuff. And then when they come back, change into dry clothes. You know, get comfy under a tarp. Do whatever you're going to do. I like to take the tarps when it rains a lot, if it's raining, I like to have the tarps set up so that they're like one side is peaked up a little bit higher. So if there is smoke, it will go up and out that direction. And I tr- I angle the tarp so that the wind is blowing in that direction towards the peak so that it will pull the smoke out of the tarp. If, it's, if you have a fire on the edge of it, you know, like on the edge of being under it, you want that to be the highest one because you don't want your fire to be really tall and then, you know, have the flames melted or whatever. But then the other side of the tarp, there are places where you will have water that will be running down. And, you know, if the water's running in, down an area where you don't want it to go, you can put like, I usually tied a string to one of the grommets of a tarp and I would tie a string and put a rock on the end of it, a heavier rock. And that would pull the tarp down a little bit. And then it would get water running where I wanted it to go. And I would put a 40, pan, a 40 gallon uh, garbage can under there plastic gar- you know a clean garbage can or I would put five gallon buckets and it would be somebody's job to go out and go hey empty those buckets every every couple of hours or something and they would take that go dump the water but those buckets were awesome because you could like fill that up with water to wash dishes and, and heat it up over the fire you could if you got really muddy you could put your feet in there and wash your feet off and then dump the water out and let it fill back up again. We had kids in the summertime that would shampoo their hair and then stick it their head in those buckets and uh, clean it off. And sometimes when the water's pouring down off the tarp, they would get their hair and clean it all and and do it. And then, you know, jump under the tarp and have a, you know, towel off and they would be, have fresh, clean air. I mean, you know, you just kind of lean into this and, and make it something fun and exciting and see what happens. I I know a lot of times people will go, oh, we're gonna go out in the rain and like jump around. If it's raining but there's no lightning, go for it. If there's a lot of lightning, I don't recommend doing that because lightning is a really serious threat. You want to get kids to have up off of the ground, you know, so you don't get water and lightning traveling under along the roots and then zapping anybody. So That's a really important thing. But if it's just steady rain, you're probably good. Social games, really good to do. Getting to know each other. And when you play social games, again, like everything else I'm going to say, these are process-oriented skills, meaning that you want to do them multiple times so that they will be able to ask questions of each other, get to know each other. I mean, you never really know anyone until you actually have spent time with them and gotten to know and heard stories that they have and and digging in and having curiosity about each other. So uh, obviously you don't want to put kids on the spot too much, but that's where those games come in. They're really, really awesome. And have some crafts that they can work on that are easy, that don't involve maybe whittling or something when they're really close, but they might involve knot tying or, you know, uh, finger weaving or, uh, leather, leather pouches or braiding or whatever. I mean, you'll be, you'll find a way to be creative because you already are interested in doing this stuff and you're into it and your creativity is, is, is limitless. And you could just go and see all kinds of cool things that people are doing online and on Instagram or whatever, you can follow different accounts and go, wow, look at that. They're doing that. I want to do that craft. That's, that looks awesome. So you can just figure it out, but just make it a special time. And you don't have to make it like a, yay, it's raining. Like, like it's better than a sunny day. It's not, it's, it's neither. It's just is what it is. And yeah, I think that's most of my, most of my best uh, advice around this. I hope that this is helpful. Uh, I I urge you to, you know, learn how your mind works. You have to get really intimate with and honest with yourself. And when you find yourself moving in that victim side or, you know, going down the the ramp there, it's just know that it's okay to go down there. You just don't want to live down there. And you don't need to be down there the whole time. You can go down, be down there for a little while, kick some rocks, you know, you know maybe do a a primal scream or something in your head and then and then go all right this isn't going to this isn't going to derail me let's go and then come back and eventually you won't you just won't go down there because you just know that it just sucks energy and time and it's a waste but if you do it's okay and and it's also okay to like not like the rain and if if you're somebody that just goes you know what I just can't handle it then just say hey I'm calling in sick it's raining <laughs> Or whatever <laughs> do the best you can wear the best gear you can get the right clothing um, there's so many different ways to stay warm even when wet and there are clothes that will keep you pretty dry and have a lot of change your clothes all, all of you that are doing this work man I am so grateful for what you're doing you know the fact that you're putting yourself out there and you're you're out there with those kids doing the best you can is awesome and There, there are layers to this that are way beyond whatever your training level is. There's a lot more you can learn. That is, in some cases, the missing link that will make it a lot easier for you. So, I will keep posting stuff. (laughs) Send me questions or thought your thoughts. Let me know what you think. You have questions, or if you try any of this, or you you know if you know that these are things that you've done or you figured out another way to handle things fantastic it's awesome so i want to hear about it and uh good luck it's actually pouring rain out right now so rainy days we gotta love them have a great week and i'll see you next time thanks for listening to today's episode and for all the things that you do to help build a world that is connected to nature you can get access to the bonus episodes